All episodes of the Real Women in Business podcast reflect the opinions and views of the guest and Cass McCrory and do not reflect official policy or position of employers or clients. Thank you. You're listening to the Real Women in Business podcast. I'm your host, Cass McCrory, and in this podcast, we highlight women in all kinds of businesses. For yourself, someone else, full-time, part-time, overtime hustle, Together, we will learn from and with one another. And if we get it right, it'll lift us all. Let's get into it. Friends, today we're talking to Molly McGrath. She is the founder of HiringAndEmpowering.com. And in this conversation, I've got to tell you, I felt really empowered. Molly specializes in helping people ask for and get the help that they need, whether that is professionally or personally, if you're a small business owner, an entrepreneur, or you're an entrepreneur within a company. I love this conversation because we do notice right now more than ever that we are a stressed out version of ourselves. And almost always that involves doing less. And how do we do that? And how do we make this space for others to help us? I love this conversation. I know you will too. Let's get into it. Molly, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to chat with you today. I'd love for you to start out sharing a little bit about who you are and what you do in the world. Absolutely. So um, I've been an entrepreneur for 25 years now, by and large, uh, supporting small solo businesses. And really where my focus lies, I have two sides of my business. Number one is hiring and staffing. We have a very unique process that includes uh, consulting and onboarding process to set the employee and the entrepreneur up for success, and as well as um, a coaching and consulting. So we have a team empowerment academy. My my um, passion, if you will, is really to support employees and helping to grow them up into a term that I've coined as entrepreneurs in an entrepreneur's world. Oh, that's so interesting. I feel like so frequently the entrepreneurs that I'm talking to, and myself included, full disclosure, Molly, we have a really <laughs> tight grasp on what's going on in our business because we do feel so solely responsible for it. So bringing on employees can be a real challenge and also a necessity if we want to grow. Absolutely. Entrepreneurship, I always say, is not for the weak. It is uh, lonely at the top, if you will, where you're responsible for getting clients, for servicing clients, for keeping clients, and then closing clients. And then you come out of the daily grind and you come out of the proverbial conference room and you have a line of people waiting to delegate back up to. And I'm so passionate with really empowering employees because there's two sides of the coin where the employees will always say to me, my entrepreneur won't give me anything. They won't let go of control. And then the entrepreneur or solopreneur will say, um, I can't get people to step up and lead. And there's such a um, finite mix there. It's just getting in the same room because you both really, in my experience, if you hire right, want the same thing. It's just a matter of speaking the same language. Yeah. As we've seen more and more people step into entrepreneurship, women in particular, in the last year, you know, there have been a lot of women exiting the traditional workforce for a more flexible environment where they can wear all of the hats that we're being asked to wear right now. I think there's so much opportunity for entrepreneurship to be seen as 
the path well beyond these COVID days for these mm. women. Where do you see new entrepreneurs? Um, like, what is the sign? Like, I need to get some help. I love that question because you used a really great term, which you said flexible. And as we all know, there's like zero flexibility in regards to what you have to manage. You get to choose when you do it. But, you know, often you're compromising. And as women, to use that example, is we're horrible at self-care unless we really, really, really work on it. We're caretakers at heart. And let's be completely honest. Most female entrepreneurs or female leaders, whatever position you're in, us at 10% is better than most people at 100%. We can, we are just tenacious, resilient, and the amount of balls that we juggle with raising children, raising businesses, whether it's somebody else's business, et cetera. So I think the point of when to hire someone, I love this question because Probably three years ago, I finally hired a personal and professional assistant. I've owned my own business since 2008. And I finally, as it was growing, I really took it seriously when I invested in a business coach and I had a tremendous amount of accountability for showing up like a business owner versus treating my business like a hobby. I really, um, for me, it was when I just realized that everybody was getting the stressed out crappy version of me. I was constantly frustrated. I was beginning to resent my clients. I was scared to death to open my email or check my voicemail because I had no idea what bombs were in there. Whether it was new business, that was just as much of a tragedy as a client that needed help that already paid me. So for me, when I just realized that I was, thankfully, I have really honest people around me that said, you seem really short, you seem frustrated. I knew I felt stressed out. I found myself compromising my own standards of working nights and weekends. And by and large, it was on administrative stuff. Um, I seriously got so frustrated. My coach had me open up Indeed and write an ad to say, I am a single parent running two businesses. I am completely stressed out and am in need of immediate help personally and professionally. If you can handle this, please apply. That was my ad. And I had um, probably 27 resumes by the end of business. I sorted through them. I did a couple of phone interviews and I did Zoom interviews. And then um, I had my person hired by Friday. And she is extraordinary. Came with... Uh, no executive leadership skills or what have you, but anybody that can would respond to an ad like that and get excited about it says a lot about them. When you got the help that you needed personally, what became possible in your business and in your life? Well, I will tell you, my business has doubled. Um, and when I mean doubled, not necessarily an overhead in regards to leads and also in regards to um, opportunities and in clients. So what became possible for me, I was able to work on the revenue producing activities as an entrepreneur. Um, it's so, so amazing. I started my podcast. So I've been podcasting for two years now. Um, I have 
spoken in many, many different speaking opportunities. And COVID is fantastic because you don't have to get on a plane or what <laughs> have you. But I always, my, between my business coach, and I'd highly recommend that you do have a business coach throughout there and somebody supporting you with this strategy through that. But I had that accountability of every hour that I spent while I was paying her needed to be on leveraged opportunities on optimizing my business, which in the personal and professional services is relationships. So building relationships, I get a tremendous amount of business from Facebook private groups from, I get a tremendous amount of business from LinkedIn, whether it's B2B or B2C. So just knowing if I'm paying her for an hour to file paperwork or return phone calls or what have you, in exchange, I need to be spending that hour on stage, so to speak, either um, face in presenting or being very, very visible in the online world. I love that kind of equation that you've created for yourself. Like if I'm paying somebody to do this, then that means that I need to be using that time to the optimal level where I can be the only one that shows up for that. I feel like I kind of have taken that same approach with the babysitter. Like if I'm paying the babysitter to be there with my kids, having the fun, then I need to make sure that I am making the most that I can out of that same hour exchange so that I get to be the one having more fun. Yes. Yeah, that's exactly it. And, and full disclosure, I pay my assistant $15 an hour. And then I bonus her on things that she needs to do and having real goals, whether she's saving me money, making me money, or cleaning up my administrative things that are not, um, and I don't mean to say not worth my time, but not the highest use of my time. Yeah, I think that there's there's fear in bringing somebody in to say, okay, number one, can I trust this person to do it? Will they do it the same way that I'll do it? Mm. And, you know, couldn't I just do this myself? I feel like those are the three reasons that I hear women in particular holding themselves back from getting the support that they need. Like, and it's, and it all comes down to control with a healthy balance of fear. I love that. I think it's control with a healthy balance of fear and also our backpack of stories of whether we worked in a company and we've hired people and we've given them stuff before we hung our own shingle. And we know and it's the saying that always people will say business would be great, but for the employees, I can't find good people. And you're so afraid to invest and be vulnerable and share everything, whether it's opening your books or opening your emails, because, uh, you know, let's be honest, there's places that we drop the ball, there's places where we have to do some cleanup work, there's things that, so it's a very vulnerable position, first and foremost. But I say that you can't build and scale without it. So just yeah. know it. But your job is to have really clear key performance indicators and really clear expectations up in front where you're constantly doing daily huddles, where you're giving them 15 minutes of your time at the beginning of your day or your end of the day and treating it like a locker room huddle before you go on the Super Bowl playing field and you're debriefing. Okay, here's your top five priorities for the day. Here's my expectation. And then you'll know if you can, you will know within a week or two, if you can trust people, a lot of times we are as women, especially 
I don't know about you, but I'm, there's nobody harder on me than I am on myself because I'm so fearful of showing up like that proverbial, like, um, woman in charge and that I, but if you're conscious of your tonality and your delivery and couple that with your intentionalities, you still need to know that you do have to show up in some level of authority and being unapologetic about your expectations and, and hire people that are empowered to communicate with you if your your expectations are being unrealistic, but then coming to you with a proposed solution for revising that. The clear expectations piece is so critical in every area of our life. Just being explicit about what it is we want and need from different people at different times. I mean, if we don't ask for what we want, there's absolutely no chance that we're going to get it. And no. yet yeah. it can be really hard to ask. Oh, my goodness. As women, especially, and that's just a muscle you have to work just like going for your daily walks or going to the gym. And I think there, it's okay to say, listen, when you hire somebody, I'm horrible at asking for help. I'm horrible at receiving help. So you need to know order number one for you is to get very good at doing a deep dive and excavating and maybe just even one question that I give to Brianna, my assistant, that I teach her to say to me, what are you holding on to that you shouldn't be holding on to? Mm. What are you not giving me because you're afraid to ask me to do this because you think it's beneath me or it's not too hard for you? To... I'll give you a perfect example of showing this. I, my son got a parking ticket. He's eight, 19 in downtown Denver where I live. And it was $80. And he basically went into a parking garage and didn't pay, whatever. It doesn't matter. I had it on my desk. And I was like, oh, I should have Brianna call and I'm paying her 15 bucks an hour. So the return on investment, if she could save me 80 bucks is phenomenal. So I have it on my desk. And after training her that she walks in, she sees it. She goes, what is this? I go, oh, Aiden got a speeding ticket. I just, or, um, a parking ticket. I just need to call about that, blah, blah, blah. She said, nope, taking it. She looks at it. She goes, just so you know, he pulled in and pulled out. It looks like he was in that parking lot for three minutes. So do you think that he just pulled in and turned around there? I'm like, oh, yeah, probably. She comes back in an hour. She goes, dismiss. I would never have given that to her. But it saved me so much time and energy and aggravation, not to mention my a part of me was like, oh, I'll just pay it. Molly, I feel like there's so much there to unpack because it is it is in part the not starting where we are. Like I have had some struggle personally with being, with bringing somebody in to do something because it is not yet ready for them. And I need to do so much work to get it to a place where I'm not feeling embarrassed about where it's at, that I keep on digging the hole deeper. And it's ridiculous because I refuse to just start where I am with somebody and be like, you know what, maybe this person could do something to make this better. I can tell you, I love that. We turn it into a massive science project where it, it doesn't need to be, especially if you have virtual assistants. Um, Loom is my favorite thing. I will start with saying, 
I don't have a system and process for this. I don't know what to need to, I need to do with this, but can you please help me? I mean, for me at the end of the year, a commitment I made to myself was um, to go back and I went, got, went through a, a divorce seven years ago and it's been killing me that I want to go back to my maiden name and I want to go through social security. I need to go through the DMV. Like this is no joke to change your name. And I, that was one of the things I said to her. I'm like, here are my goals. I need to go through the court system to get my divorce decree redone, what have you. I mean, that's not, that's a pretty vulnerable thing. To, she took care of everything. The final piece on me is I have to go to the DMV. And so that's, that's my next step. And in fact, this morning, she's like, I blocked out your calendar for the entire day on Friday. I don't care if you have to sit in the DMV office and a waiting line for the entire day. You're getting this done by Friday. That's wonderful. I think the other thing is how many hours do you have your assistant working with you? I love that question. So it's flexible. And I tell her that even, you know, many years into this, I'm like, it's, it's a disaster each week, like things coming at me, I still have 15 year old home who doesn't drive, and her schedule changes with the wind. So um, things of that nature, I have her anywhere from 15 to 20 hours based on the week. And this includes both personal and professional. Another embarrassment, I was in tears when I told her this, I'm like, I can't get to the grocery store. I can't grocery shop. I'm embarrassed about it. I'm a mom. I'm supposed to be able to have a meal on the table every day. And I'm failing miserably at that. I need you to help me plan the meals, grocery shop, cook, and make certain that I am, my phone is off and I'm at the, at the dinner table at least three nights a week. There's a lot that I've had to be like completely vulnerable with her. So it's anywhere from 15 to 20 hours a week, which is great because she's able to go to school. She's in nursing school. That's awesome. I think that one of the things that always holds us back from getting the support we need is not thinking that the amount that we need is either enough or not thinking that it will impact enough. Mm. You know? Yes. And I think if you have that upfront conversation um, with them, number one, I think another thing too, is people are like, well, this person's not going to be here forever. So why am I going to put all this time? For example, just as I said, she's in nursing school. I assert some listeners are like, why in the world would you hire someone that's going to nursing school and not on a track to be a COO or executive assistant? For me, I, when I hired her, I had the expectation if she can help me get through the next six months and she can leave my business better than it was, then that, that's a challenge to me to show up and be really intentional about what do I want fixed, systematized, and helped in the next six months. So I just keep chunking it out in like six months increments and know if, if she leaves in six months, it, it puts a lot of accountability on me to be really realistic versus this um, thinking I have all this infinite time. Yeah, that's really helpful. It's really helpful. I think one of the things that I always notice that whenever I'm feeling wound up about something, it is because I think that I'm making a decision once and for all. I'm making a one-time decision Mm. that's going to impact me forever. And really, I've only made four of those for each of my kids. That's the only one that's been a once and for all decision. Oh, I love that. You know, and 
yeah, there's just, we do get ourselves caught up in, is this going to be worth it in the long run when we have no idea what the long run is? Exactly. It, you know, there's certain positions in your business that are very niche specific, you know, especially when it comes to processing and production, things of that nature that does require uh, once and for all ask because it requires so much of your training. But when you're looking at client services, sales, follow-up, marketing coordinators, things of that nature, usually there is a higher turnover. I love that statement of once and for all. And I think that um, sometimes we can use that as an excuse to procrastinate or stay stuck. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, it definitely does contribute to the staying where you are. And it isn't until you get uncomfortable enough that you're willing to step out of it. Absolutely. And stay in constant action. If you just get clear, get uncomfortable, and you make the decision, hiring someone is a lot, to your point. It's it's fearful, it's exposure, it's vulnerable, it, what have you. But the alternative is to remain in the vicious cycle and, and, and stay where you're at. So you have to get uncomfortable. Yeah. And you have to get vulnerable. Yeah, definitely. Molly, I've loved this conversation. I feel like we've dug into so much about taking care of ourselves and like asking for the help that we need and being really clear about those expectations so that we can do the work that we're meant to do in the world. I want to ask you a little bit more about what you do and how is it bringing you joy both professionally and personally? Hmm. You know, I, I love that um, question. For So what I do is by and large, I spend a big portion of my day in, on camera, whether it's recording a podcast or consulting with a client. Um, that's my, my greatest passion, empowering team members, uh, things of that nature. I, so I spend my entire day in Zoom rooms and uh, speaking and things of that nature. By and large, my business is uh, in people that are in the professional services. So financial advisors, CPAs, attorneys, people that are more so in service-driven and heart-centered entrepreneurs is very much versus transactional or people that are in e-commerce or things of that nature. I love to work with people that are touching the human heart and transforming um, everyday clients and entrepreneurs by and large. So my, um, and I spend my, a lot of time writing. I, right now I'm in the process of writing my third book and the working title right now is Permission to Grow. And um, really, you know, just about my journey of the hardest thing that I've learned, I just turned 50 a month ago, is giving myself permission, whether it's to make money, whether it's to say no, whether it's to choose me, whether to invest in my own uh, spiritual and personal development, what have you. That's been the hardest, hardest piece of work that I've been just really trying to unpack and um, bundle, especially in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I think there's been so much for us to unpack in that space. I, you just reminded me of this thing that I did, I think it was probably five or six years ago. I created a permission slip. We put it on a refrigerator for different things that the kids maybe wanted, like mom to just sit down and read a story or, you know, different things that I needed them to feel like they have permission to do Mm. because I wasn't necessarily still for that to just naturally happen. 
I was always doing something else. I was always doing the laundry or prepping some vegetables or doing, if I was home, I was doing something. Um, and I need to bring that back for this year. Mm, I love that practice you have with your kids because holy moly, is there no better accountability where they pick one of them and they're basically saying, I need the human being, not the human doing. And I need your time and attention, mom. It's a wonderful reminder for you to say, okay, I love that. My kids are 18, 19 and almost 16. So I wish I would have, I wish I would have had that when they were younger. You know, they probably would still like it for something, Molly. Yeah, thank you for that. (laughs) They probably would. I know that if my mom gave me a permission slip book, I'd be like, yes, mom, please, let's have lunch. Oh, I love that. That's a great idea. Molly, where can people find you online? Sure. You can go to uh, the easiest ways, go to hiringandempowering.com. And you can join every Tuesday. I drop a podcast every Thursday, I drop a blog and you can download my free ebook, Entrepreneurs in Entrepreneurs World, How to Get Your Employees to Step Up and Lead. Oh, I love that. I've got a lightning round of questions for you. What is your go-to song when you want to up your energy? Oh my goodness. My go-to song when I want to up my energy is uh, Perfect by Pink. What time do you wake up? I wake up at 5 a.m. every day. That is my favorite time of day. What does breakfast look like? Uh, Breakfast for me looks like a green drink. I drink a green drink when I wake up and then I hit, I take a three and a half mile walk at O Dark 30 every morning. No music, no podcast, nothing. Just me to really sit with my thoughts. Do you drink coffee or tea? Coffee, black. Morning person or night owl? I would guess. Oh, morning. morning. (laughs) What's a book you've given or recommended the most, not your own? Daring Greatly by Brene Brown. What can someone do to help you feel appreciated? Uh, Just acknowledge me. Yeah. Oh, Molly, I've really enjoyed our time together today. Thank you for sharing it with us and, and bringing so much to the focus about how we're taking care of ourselves and our businesses. Mm, Thank you, Cass, for having me.